0: Listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson.
1: Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. If you look at your calendar, we're recording this on the 26th, that's a Monday of December 2022. And our nation has been. (laughs) absolutely freezing all the way from florida up into new england where our guests are from i'm on the west coast and we've just had a horrendous ice storm and uh things are uh, uh, kind of a different holiday season because of all the travel that is being uh, postponed or delayed and and people are still i guess a lot of them are in in uh uh, locations where they can't get out of, or maybe airports and that sort of thing. So anyway, we just uh, you know want to wish everybody safe travels and, and hope everybody gets home A-OK, even in the midst of what we're going through. Today, we have um, a, a great opportunity to talk with someone that um, I've got a lot of respect for because he's sort of a pioneer in his part of the world on the type of fishing he is doing. His name is uh, Steve Coldneck. Steve is a fishing guide in Pennsylvania and specializes in fishing from drift boats on the Lehigh River. And Steve, are you there? Yeah, I am, Ted. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Terrific, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you. And we, we've also got um, uh, George Shower. George is the Pocono Outdoors guy. He's also from Pennsylvania. And uh, George, are you still on the line? We are here, Ted. How are you doing, sir? Terrific. Terrific. George has got done with a great big meal at uh, at his uh, in-laws' place. And, and I'm envious because it sounds like uh, you had a great time there today and, and extended on the... Uh, uh, the Christmas spirit, if you may. So anyway, we'll welcome that's, aboard that's guys. Really... <laughs> hey, Steve, tell us a little about yourself and how in the world did you ever get, uh, connected with the Lehigh river and, and eventually become a guide on it?
2: Well, pretty much, uh, Ted, I'm 40 years old. So, um, been fishing that river since I'm a little kid. I grew yeah. up on, uh, in Pomerden, a uh, little town off the the banks of it. um, just been fishing it a long time and you know over 25 years of you know driving around and fishing it and it's just you know just been a passion of mine it's been a uh, a difficult river to fish so you know it has a lot of uh it you can't guarantee anything you have to figure out a lot of things know at a lot of different water levels where these fish hold and things like that and over the years i've you know kind of figured that kind of stuff out Uh uh-huh um pretty much just like I said, just one of my favorite places in the area to fish, and I just kind of want to share that with some people, and you know, I've caught enough fish in there, I feel like I owe it to somebody to catch some more fish.
1: Well, very good. Now, now the Lehigh, as you were explaining to me, is a multi-species river, is it not?
2: Uh, that's correct, yeah. It has a lot of trout, has smallmouth, um, has a good fish population, um, chubs, pretty much all kinds of Anything that pretty much could be in a, a, a lake that's in the area, that's the drainage to it. It does have um, drainage to 256 uh, lakes, so there could be a lot of different species of fish in that river. Wow, no
1: kidding. And and the big question I have of you is that you're doing this out of a willies drift boat. now. If you're from the Pacific Northwest, you know exactly what that is, but there's not a lot of people in your part of the world that are just getting exposed to drift boats. How in the world did you start fishing out of a drift boat?
2: Well, pretty much um, fishing up in Pulaski, New York, Um, drift boat fishing up there with a couple of different people Um, and seeing how the boats perform up there, you know, like the fish rights, the willies, those are pretty much the standards up there, Uh the aluminum boats. With how rocky the the Lehigh can be at times um, and low flows, in my opinion, I kind of like the aluminum boat. You can kind of bash off the things a little less, things to worry about. They take a little bit more abuse. I mean, they are loud, but, you know, every boat will have it, you know, good and bad. But in my opinion, you know, with that current there, you can't hold position like you can on a willy. right right yeah Willie's is a
1: really popular boat out where I'm at um you know there are people on the line I'm, I'm sure or listening to the podcast that uh, have no idea what a drift boat is can you kind of explain that to us
2: it's um, pretty much very similar to like a rowboat um it's a it has a little bit different shape it it's very similar to like um like a gravy boat that's my guide service name gravy boat guide service uh-huh um but it kind of has that shape to it um, It has like a higher bow, a little higher side, so it can take the rollers of the the river higher, like splash, and, you know, going through class three and four rapids. And you pretty much, you row the boat um, facing downstream. So mm-hmm. you're back rowing constantly, like to keep yourself in control. You're like pretty much using the oars to back row just to kind of like slow yourself down a little bit at a time or to completely stop yourself to, to be able to fish spots that you can't throw an anchor in.
1: Right, right. Well, in, in the Lehigh River, like you were saying, it sounds like it's very rocky, and there's areas that you could get hung up, and, and with a drift boat, you've got to be very cognizant of what's you know, 50 feet or 50 yards ahead of you, so you can set, a, you know, set the, uh, the, the drift up, if you may, uh, to get through those, those areas. But then on the other hand, you can stop that thing on a on a dime and make multiple casts into areas where you'd never be able to do that out of a traditional rowboat or even a raft. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, uh, it 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 sure gives a whole new dynamic to that. How long ago did you did you buy your drip boat?
2: Um, I bought it last spring. Um, it's been um it's been a, a thing that I've wanted for a long time. Um, the last couple of years they were. So hard to come by it seems like they're a dime a dozen like now right if you would try to last spring in our area it was like there was no way or even i was looking for one for about a year Mm -hmm. and looking for the right boat and like i found a couple fiberglass boats that i just really wasn't happy with and i finally um just happened to talk to somebody is like hey you know anybody that has a drift boat for sale and he's like actually i do and i was like well what do you have and he's like, uh, 16 by 54 Willie. And I was like, what's the price? And he told me, and I was like, I want it. Wow! <laughs> so that's pretty much how my, I got my boat and, um, very, very happy with it. Mm-hmm. As far as the, and you know, what it does on the river.
1: Right. Right. And, and George, you took a trip, uh, what earlier in the year,
3: uh, with, with yeah, Steve I, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, Steve's been a friend of mine, but I actually took a trip with him as a client. And, you know, the Lehigh River, I've lived by there for 25 years. And to be honest, I've never fished it because it's very inaccessible. And I just wasn't going to waste my time trying to get to something you just can't get to and fish uh, very well. So I had the opportunity to to go fish with Steve as a client. And I'll tell you, that's, that's just an amazing way to fish a river that you can't get to. And yeah. we drifted probably five or six miles down the river, caught a bunch of trout, some smallmouth. And it was just so, it was such a unique experience to me. And Tag, you know, I fish everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and this was, I, I just can't wait to go back and fish them again because of the, the way the drift boats maneuver. Right. I mean, he's able to pull you up and say, you know, just left of that rock, you know, because he knows that's holding fish. Or you get an inflow from a little stream and he's able to hold the boat like you were talking about, stop on a dime, let you make a few casts, you know, you can get on some fish, all right, we fish this hole, let's move on to the next one. And you just can't do that, you know, walk in a bank or anything like that. It's just it's just too much for that river. So right. I, I just think this is my new favorite way to fish, I'll tell you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And they're really stable, aren't they? I mean, it's just incredibly a, a stable vessel um, on the water.
3: Well, the- yeah, well, the day we went out, there was it was probably lower water. And Steve, I don't know if you remember the flow rates, but I mean, there's a few riffles in that, but it's nothing you just can't stand to make a few casts at. You feel totally secure. Uh, it was just a really great experience. Again, I just can't wait to do it again. Oh,
1: well, that uh, that that sounds like a that sounds like a great time. So, so Steve, tell us a little about when the different species are available in the river and and when you fish for them.
2: Um, pretty much the, I mean, the, you can catch trout in the river year round. Um, summertime with the warmer water and the low flows, I choose not to, um, pretty much July, August, some of part of September, just because of the stress that it puts on the fish. But mm-hmm. at that time of the year, it's good smallmouth fishing. You can catch some catfish in there, carp fishing. There's a lot of different other things you can do, um, you can get a chillier night or something like that. The um I'm hoping I'm hoping not everybody maybe closes their ears for this, but the the mousing and the the nighttime brown trout fishing can be kind of cool. Oh really? Um, yeah, that can be uh pretty interesting. Um again, kind of creepy, you know, going down the river at night and yeah stuff like that and, and the dangers and stuff like that. Not something that I really wanna take a lot of people to do because of how slippery it is and things like that but things can be done you know under the right circumstances right. but uh it's mostly the um the spring the spring is like the heaviest time of the year for the for the trout i mean the trout are feeding heavy in the spring they're very active a couple clubs stock the river so you get a an inflow of some stock fish um Typically, my favorite time of the year is the late fall into the winter. Um, you don't catch as many fish, but there's some big fish to be caught. Uh, you get that fly, or you get that uh, jerk bait, or you know whatever you like to fish. You know, in front of that hungry fish, and generally they're going to eat. They're pretty opportunistic a lot of times. The big brown trout.
1: Oh, absolutely, they are. And how big do they get, Steve?
2: Um, I've got them up to 26 inches in the river. Um, I feel like i hooked a bigger fish in there. Um, They're rainbows. I've had them up to 25. Uh, I feel like I've hooked a bigger fish also, lost them, some heavier current. Your average fish are going to be about probably 11 to 16 inches. Um, you'll catch a lot of wild brown trout, though, in that 14 to 18 range. Oh, wow. Um, Give her time of the time that you go, uh, especially this time of the year, like most of the fish that I'm catching are pretty much 14, 18, 19 inches, um, had a 24 inch rainbow the other week. Uh, so, I mean, things happen. It's just, you know, winter fishing, you got to pick your days, you got to grind it out. You got to put your time in for those fish, you know, but There's nobody else around. It's beautiful scenery. It's quiet, except for a couple cars driving down the road a couple times, probably like, oh, my God, look at this nut bag out there. But <laughs> I'm catching fish. That's that's the good part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, You're right.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, just putting in a, in a plug for what else you do, uh, you've been working at Cabela's for quite some time in their fishing department, and so you're you're talking and and thinking fishing. It sounds like twenty four hours a day, man. Pretty much,
2: um, when I'm not around my fiance, I try to ease it a little bit. So there's you know several hours a day that I try to not do it, but uh-huh. you know she pulls her eyes several times at it, but she likes to hear it. You know, <laughs> she likes to do some fishing that we we do. We enjoy shark fishing together, actually. Oh really? Um, yeah, we do a little shark fishing, um, not, not too far south of here, but uh, it's you know, just some small stuff, no man-eaters or anything like that, but they really pull pretty good, and she enjoys it. Sure,
1: sure. Now, do you get any sea-run
2: fish in the Lehigh? We don't. They're, in the further down section um, where it meets the Delaware, there'll be some shad. Oh, okay. Uh, be the extent of our sea run fish pretty much mm-hmm. that i'm aware of and that's pretty far south of me i fish i mean the lehigh is 109 miles long um it has a very very big tail um uh, up for headwater um above the francis walter dam where i pretty much fish below that right um i roughly a 40 mile section kind of almost in the middle it seems like um, there are a few dams down below me that a uh, little bit more populated city, slower water, mm-hmm. but there, is, there are nice fish down there too, if you know the, how to fish them down there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, do you typically fish the same section of water um, or in that 40-mile stretch? There there must be a couple different floats, right?
2: Yeah, there's there's generally I have, uh let's see here one two three four five uh six seven takeouts so pretty much and then six put-ins the the last takeout you don't really want to put in because you're going to go over a a, a fault um but (laughs) that one you don't want to (laughs) do right (laughs) Uh, but the uh the other ones it's pretty much generally that's you know safe with the drift boat and easy to do that's accessible just in case you know you know, some type of, you know, God forsaken, you know, health issue or something like that. There's one section that's about a 12, uh, 14 mile section that's pretty inaccessible by foot. Uh-huh. Um, that's the Lee Forge. Um, it's a heavy whitewater rafted area in the summertime. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you get some class threes up in there, fours. I believe fours up there. I'm not very good with my whitewater classes um, because we don't have super crazy ones down most of the sections that I fish. Right. Um, but there's a couple of good rollers and stuff like that that you got to avoid some far sized boulders. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> but you know, it's more maneuvering. The uh, the it's more technical water, I would say, than dangerous. If that makes sense.
1: No, it does. It it it, it does. Yeah, I'll be darn. So the, the people that you take fishing, are they, are they skilled fishermen? Um, do you, do you take a lot of people that are new to the sport? Um, and then do you, do you, do you
2: both fly fish and conventional fish? I pretty much do everything. Um, I spin fish, I convention, I uh, fly fish, I center pin fish. Um, I take beginners, I take, uh, you know, to the advanced angler. So pretty much I can accommodate if you don't have any fishing gear, you can, I can accommodate you. You know, if you want to fish, say you want to fish streamers, if you're a fly fisherman, I can take you down water. That's going to be better fishing, more suitable for streamer fishing. Right. Um, if you like fishing or if you like, say the dry fly fishing, certain times of the year are going to be better than others. Um, it's not going to be like the West branch or the Delaware. You Mm -hmm. know, that, that fishery up there for fly fishing is just remarkable, but it's a whole nother, that's a whole nother hour of talking. Right. So I'm not even going to go far into that, but the, uh, pretty much anything that anybody wants to do, I can accommodate because I kind of been doing it all for 25 plus years. Right. You know, that 25 years is, you know, pretty, puts me to pretty much when I'm like 15 driving my bike. To a lot of places on the railroad tracks, and then driving at sixteen, going all over the place, you know. And I waited at banks that as a seven, eight year old fishing the little tributaries, you know, going into it. So it's I have way more experience than that twenty five years. It's just, you know, that's pretty much what I say. Right. Oh, that's
1: cool, man. Uh, that is cool. Do people? I mean, uh, do people uh, uh, mostly want to go after trout? Or is it the bronze back that you chase more often? What uh, um, what are people are asking the fish for? It's mostly a trout,
2: uh, trout desired. A um, smallmouth fish, and they're like uh, maybe a uh, 8 to 14 inches, a lot of the fish. Um, you'll catch sometimes bigger fall fish than you will smallmouth. Right. Now, it does produce a nice smallmouth here and there. You can, you know, hook an 18, 19-incher. Um, just doesn't happen every day. You know, right. you'll catch some 15, 16, but you're generally, you know, I'm not, you can't lie to anybody and say that they're giants, you know, but they're, they're fun to catch on dry flies in the summertime and, you know, like a, a hopper dropper rig and stuff like that. They're, it's fun to put numbers in, you know, in the warmer months, you can catch a lot of fish. So true. You know, you just got to watch fish in the troutier areas in the real, real warm times of the year.
1: Right. Right. In- in- interesting. Now now you mentioned center pin fishing and and that's becoming more and more popular. If uh, people are into the sport, they have an idea of what that is, but there's uh, I'm sure a lot of people that, that that heard center pin fishing and they have no idea what that is. Can you explain it?
2: It's pretty much just drift fishing. Um the center pin is just pretty much the reel that you're using. Mm-hmm. You can use a reel you can use a bait cast reel they, uh mooching reels were one of the originals you know another another type of reel um, it's pretty much a center pin reel is just it doesn't have a drag um, okay. it's just a spinning. looks like a fly reel they come in you know different size diameters up to they might even make them up to six inches now who knows mm-hmm. but they're like generally like a four and a half to like a five inch diameter reel with no drag so you're you're actually um, using a bobber with with some weight, and then you're there's all different weights of these bobbers to accommodate the weight of your your rig, your split shots to, to get your bait down. Right, and then it's all about drift, getting that you know perfect drift, matching the current, matching the depth, and you know just presenting that bait as natural as possible. And with the center pin reel because it has no drag to it, and the way it you know you, you fish it it pretty much is like a free drift if done correctly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's cool, man. That,
1: that sounds like a lot of fun. That's something I, I have not experienced yet, but I've got it on my bucket list. Now, now, do you guys yeah. fish with many beads on the Lehigh?
2: Um, Here and there, depending on the time of the year, uh-huh. uh, springtime, uh, the fall. like You can fish some beads and stuff now. Um, I've produced fish on beads. I'm more of a. I like throwing when I go fishing for like fun time. I like throwing stuff that looks like other fish. It produces a little bit bigger fish for me. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, though, you know you want to catch some numbers. You can go out nymphing or like stone flies. I like doing them a lot. There's a lot of those in the river. Right. Um, certain times of the year, like I said, those the the beads and the eggs and stuff like that work just not as prevalent to like the steelhead places like, uh, the salmon river or like your West coast fishing, like the, that steelhead stuff.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a science all on its own. It's amazing how that, that, uh, that type of fishing is evolving like a number of others, you know, and, and, uh, um, fishing for trout and, and steelhead has become very popular where I'm at with, uh, with beads and, and it, and it produces a lot of fish. It really does. The now in 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 regards to you know a day on the on the water with you um are you run what full day trips is that right?
2: I run full full half three quarter day pretty much depends on the the client it depends on the time of the year. Uh uh-huh. um, The winter you're gonna get you know like fishing in the morning when it's real cold it's pretty much almost a waste of time. Right. You might catch a fish there, but you kind of let them get that sun up you pretty much have a good four or five hours of fishing so it's kind of that's more of like a half day three quarter day if you want to you know float a little bit longer be out there for lunch and stuff like that but if you just want to fish fish hard you know that could be like a half day thing Mm
0: -hmm.
2: the springtime i mean you could be out there late spring could be out there from six in the morning till six seven o'clock at night so i mean you can put a 12 hour day in there that's You know, you could do two different floats in a day. Sure. Two different clients.
1: Sure. So in in regards to, you know, expectations on a trip and that sort of thing, if somebody says, you know, I'd like to go out with you in April, um, you know, what, uh, what should I expect in regards to the type of fish we're going to be doing and how long is the trip going to be and that sort of thing, Steve?
2: Um, pretty much in, in like April at at least a half day, uh, pretty much up to the client. Like I said, uh, you know, I'm not too particular on anything. This is more of a part-time job and I'd, I'd love to make it into a full-time job. It's just not something that can be done in my area. Right. Um, But pretty much like a, like a half day, three quarter day or a full day is pretty much what I'm going to see. Probably more of like that six to eight hour stuff is what I'm probably going to do more of in the spring. Yeah. And, and just it, because of the amount of that you can catch and it's just, just more of a prime time. Mm-hmm. You know, the fish are chewing, but they're more snappy. They're just more aggressive. Right. Right. What, what's your favorite fish to chase? Uh, brown trout, yeah. a wild brown trout. Also. <laughs> That's just my favorite, my favorite fish by all means. Really? What, actually, you have uh, a bucket list fish that I caught up in, um, New York, um, on the, uh, one of the tributaries up there. It was, 18 plus pounds, uh, 30 inches long, 21 and a half inch girth. Um, I have a replica mount of the fish and it's beautiful fish.
1: Holy mackerel. That's a huge
2: fish, man. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever catch anything like that ever again. So it's yeah, kind of like one of the fish that's like, that's a fish of a lifetime for me. And especially to be my favorite fish, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And And how long ago did you catch
2: that? I caught that in, in 2017.
1: Really? So it, yep. fresh memories on that one.
2: Yeah, not too long ago.
1: Yeah, very good. So what are are you fishing other rivers? Um, you were sent talking about the Delaware a little bit. Um, um, are there in, any other waterways that you fish where you're at?
2: Um, there's a few different water. I mostly just guide on the Lehigh, but... Venture out to the West Branch of the Delaware, um, the Lackawaxen, um, also the Salmon River. You know, up in New York, you kind right. of taste those steelhead.
1: Right. How how far away is the Salmon River from you?
2: From me, it's uh, three and change, like three and a half hours, depending on what time you're driving. If you're driving up in the middle of the night, it's about three hours.
1: Right. Right. That's not bad. That I mean, that's a day's no, fishing. Not too bad. Yeah. Yep.
3: I'll be
0: darned.
1: Uh, George, have you fished the salmon?
3: Yeah, I did. I used to fish Lake Ontario. It's completely different than the fishing that uh, Steve's talking about, but I used to go up there and troll them. Um, ah. You know, brown trout is probably one of my favorites too. And we've caught, I had my nephew in the one that was about 25 pounds out of Lake Ontario. So oh yeah, God. brown trout can be uh, an absolute favorite. Once you get into them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. i yeah, I've I've caught very few brown trout, although I have, and and I'm always amazed that you know the fight that they put up and that sort of thing. They're a, they're a lot of fun to catch.
3: Well, the funny thing is, you know, people think that you have to go into the saltwater to catch big fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they there's just so many big fish to be caught. Uh, you know, freshwater. Right. Uh, you know, we're talking mostly about the Lehigh and stuff. You can get, you know, a trophy is what what's available in any given area for the species in my book, you know, it doesn't have sure. to be, you know, 50 pounds, but I mean, even there's, there's muskie, there's pike, there's, there's just so many species around in the area and you can get big fish. We got striper right locally here at record is 46 pounds out of local lake. Wow! So there's, there's a lot of things to do in our area. And even a place like the Lehigh, like you said, you can get some nice smallmouth, you can get nice trout. There's a lot of good fishing we had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, now what's the big metropolitan areas around, uh, the Lehigh
3: river. Hi, George. I, I guess you call it, well, you know, we're about, um, Oh geez, 70 miles North of Philadelphia and oh, wow. South of Wilkes-Barre. So it's, you know, we're not too far from there. And I guess probably about another hundred miles from New York city, mm-hmm. you know, if you went West a little bit. So I think that's one of the things that, uh, Steve has going for him. It's, um, it, it's not something that's overly done here. I mean, drift boat fishing is kind of a—I won't say a novelty, but it's kind of rare to see somebody that's drift boat fishing. Oh yeah, and he's got all these all these folks coming in from the city that have a, an opportunity to experience something like this. You know, it's just a, it's just a really great opportunity.
1: And 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 like what you were saying is only an hour's drive or maybe an hour and a half sure. to, to to get to you. That's um, you know that's doable in a day. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you get many people out of those areas, Steve?
2: Um, definitely some, like, Harrisburg area, some of the city stuff. Not not too, too far. Nobody's driven, like, two hours plus hours for me for anything like that. Uh huh. Um, once I get a little bit more up in New York, I believe, you know, people travel, but I'm also going to be traveling up into there, too. Right. So, you know, kind of like one of those things where, you know, I'm a I'm a diehard fisherman, and I love fishing. And you know, I'm kind of at the the point in my life where I kind of want to give it back, but I I can't afford to give it back for free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not something that I want to make. You know, like I want to be rich off of it. I know it. It's just fishing, you know. But it's it's something that I can do, and it's fun to do. It's 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 not like work. So if you if you don't feel like you're working and you're making a couple bucks doing it, it's like why not? So true. But, you know,
1: don't discount what you do. And the, and the reason I say that is that, you know, when, when some guys on their deathbed, you know, going back through the days and weeks and years of their life, they're probably not thinking about many business deals. They're thinking about the fish they caught and the, you know, the family that was with them when they, you know, when they caught the fish. And, and, and so you're providing these memories that are just ingrained in people's heads and that's admirable work. I mean, that you know, that's uh, as important as anything else in this world.
0: Yeah, very true. Yeah,
1: yeah. It um, you know, it uh, it 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 for for what you do as a profession is uh, you know extremely important. Never discount that. It, uh, it, I can say he's he's built a few memories for me already. Abso- absolutely. 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 So, so Steve, in, in regards to the um, equipment that you use and that sort of thing, the rods and reels, um, do you have any particular brands that, um, you use more than another?
2: Um, at the, at the moment, pretty much I use mostly Orvis uh-huh. uh, fly rods. Right. Um, I have some, uh, Colville, uh, center pin stuff from up in New York, kind of local. Um, they're kind of a niche reel. So there isn't a lot of them. Um, you know big market stuff so kind of Fordy chevy who you really like but you know i'll support my local guys by that kind of stuff sure. localish guys Uh uh-huh. um i like shimano diowa you know for my spinning stuff my reels and spinning reels and things like that um rods uh whatever has the right feel i like some st croix stuff mm-hmm. you know whatever has the right feel for an application my favorite uh like Thick bait rapala or whatever jerk bait you want to call it is uh, made by okuma um not something that i have a lot of but in the trout world the okuma rods are really really nice and okuma reels you know it's pretty much what you what you like to use it's not what you're using it's you know like you said more like the memory the fish like you know the fish don't care what you're using that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> they might care the bait that you're using cuz they want to eat it But you're not going to really care on that, uh, you know, that Orvis Hydro, you know, $1,000 rod that you're throwing that, you know, meticulously tied dry fly that you spent, you know, however long tying. Right. But, you know, it it means it to you. You know, some people love fishing with that better equipment or, you know, maybe they don't have the opportunity to fish with some type of better equipment and they want to try something a little new. You know, I have that kind of stuff. So I have better equipment so people can use it if they really, really want to. Well, it sounds like,
1: you know, you offer quite an experience, um, you know, and in, in particularly in your area with, you know, drift boat fishing and that sort of thing. I mean, I can't imagine any anyone else that can outproduce you in, in you know, on the Lehigh River in, unless they, you know, unless they were using a drift boat and had the, you know, the 20, 30 years worth of experience that you have on that. I mean, what a combination you have to offer to people that want to uh, either get into fishing or refine their skills and, and uh, experience something a little different.
3: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, you know, and, and like with trout fishing, especially, you know, I grew up, you know, that was the first fish I ever caught was a trout, you know, at uh, it's a local little stream riding my bike down uh, with my fly rod that I just got. And I, didn't even know what fly i was even using and i i caught it on a on a little dry fly a little native brook trout and i was just like so ecstatic and i was like that that, this is this is cool so like you know like i didn't really have a lot of people in my life to to teach me how to fish so i learned and you know over the last you know 10 years you know me and a, a good friend of mine and george knows him very well uh josh taylor um we we we've learned a lot of things together and fish for a lot of different things together over the years. And we kind of really look for that, that next thing, you know, look for the, you know, once you figure out how to catch a lot of fish, it's, you know, it, it's not as enjoyable, you know, for my opinion, you, you know, I like figuring out the next thing. So mm-hmm. being able to keep studies, you know, like, why a fish would be hanging out in this current lane over this current lane, or why why a fish would be sitting behind that rock if they're not sure be- why the fish would be sitting there? You know, just explaining all that kind of stuff is, you know, just valuable information to people and that they, they might not even know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a plethora of 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 things that um, you know. Uh, that go into fishing and, and where you find the fish and that sort of thing. And, and I'm, I'm amazed every time I go out, I'll, I'll learn something new. Uh, this last summer, I went out salmon fishing on the McKinsey river with a, a guide, um, uh, by the name of fishy waters. And, uh, we were here in Oregon and he put us in some of the fastest water I've ever fished for salmon. I go, there's no salmon in here. I grew up on this river, right? You know, let's get down to the tail out and fish it down there. And, and, he, and he was insistent, nope, we're going to fish right here and you're going to catch a fish. And by God, this, like the second cast, I was, I was, you know, um, I was hooked up and, uh, I have, I would have never fished that. I don't know how many thousands of fish I bypassed over the years by just, you know, floating over the top of water like that. And so that was kind of fun to learn it, you know, the age of 65.
2: Yep, you're always learning with
1: fishing. Always learning. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Now, now, George, you've got an article coming up, don't you? And and Steve's going to be part of the uh, the article. Um, uh, Was it Fishing Magazine or something like that?
3: Yeah, I do uh, write for the Fisherman Magazine, and uh, I actually have two articles coming up with uh, Steve. We're doing one right now with um, ice fishing some walleye, Mm -hmm. and besides being a great river guide, Steve's uh, an excellent walleye fisherman, especially on the ice, Uh so we'll be talking a little bit about that, and uh, later, I guess late spring, I'm doing an article on the drift boat fishing here on the East Coast and how it's... uh, you know, you guys in Northwest, that's everyday stuff, but to us guys out here, this is kind of uh, new. Oh, yeah. So, we'll be talking a little bit about drift boat fishing here in the uh, the Northeast. Oh, that's
1: awesome, man. That is awesome. Well, Steve, let me ask you, how do people get a hold of you if uh, they're, you know, they're wanting to experience a trip down the Lehigh with you?
2: Uh, well, first off, you can call my cell phone or my phone, um, 610-597-4905. Uh, I also have a Facebook and Instagram page, Gravy Boat Guide Service, uh, and also email at gravyboatgs, just short for Guide Service at Gmail.com.
1: Got it. Or they can come down and and visit you at Cabela's, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, well, that uh, that would be a treat, man. Well, gosh, Steve, you know I really appreciate you being on the show show with us today, George. You also. It's just been a real pleasure to, to have you uh, um, have you available. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about more successes as the months and years go on for you, Steve. I think you're going to be uh, uh, surprised that I would, you know, and I would be surprised that if not in a few years, you're doing this on a full-time basis, man. Because you've got the heart and the passion and, and the skill set to do it. And uh, you, just, you just need to run with it, man.
2: Oh, it would be a dream of mine if that would be possible. Oh, and I'll I've, try to make it. Ab- absolutely, I'll
1: try. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. Happy New Year to you. A belated Merry Christmas, and uh, we're looking forward to talking you, to you uh, uh, later on, Steve. Bring you back and hear about uh, some some uh, your some of your new adventures.
2: That sounds great, Ted. Thank you so much for having me, and happy belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and you too as well, George. Uh, thank you, guys. Well, thank you, George. Appreciate
1: it, man. You're always uh, always a, a great uh, contributor to the show, and, and uh, I know the Pocono Outdoors guy is, uh, is uh, going to be doing a lot of things in this coming year also, and so uh, it'll be exciting to see what you're bringing forth. We'll be in touch, Ted. Okay. Sounds good, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Bye, Ted. Bye now. All right. Bye.